This is an Equity Bates Media podcast. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. If you have a lot of mailing to do, stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. Use the Stamps.com mobile app to mail everything you need to keep your business running with up to 89% off USPS and UPS. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Use code PROGRAM for a special offer. That's Stamps.com, code PROGRAM. Equity Minds! I will say this about investing. Everything you do learn is cumulative. What I learned at 20 is useful. Welcome to another episode of Equity Mahates, a podcast where we break down the world of investing from beginning to dividend so that you can hopefully make some returns. My name is Bryce, and as always, I'm joined by my equity mate, Ren. How are you going, bro? I'm very good, Bryce. Beautiful day down here in Melbourne. What about you? Stunning day up here in Sydney. Beach day. Summer's back. Yeah, well, Melbourne doesn't have any beaches, although whenever I say that to people in Melbourne, they always arc up and they say that the bay is a beach. Yeah, it's in Kilda, mate. It's, it's not. A beach has one. <laughs> <laughs> it's a bay with sand. Let's let's be honest. So it's been. This is our second shot at the learn to invest in fifteen minutes or less. Very happy with how the last three went. I hope everyone listening has had a uh, has really got something out of it as well. We've had some great feedback, so we're going to continue push on. Uh, and this episode, we're going to be looking at the correction that was in February. So let's start off with what is a correction. For those that are unaware, a correction is when the stock market, um, whatever the index you're looking at drops by more than 10% and over a reasonably short period of time. So that's probably the most basic definition. Corrections happen quite regularly in in history, that is. Yeah. So corrections are a term for not just stocks, but for anything. So, you know, if the bond market falls 10% or, you know, gold falls 10%, uh, that's a correction in the price of whatever that asset is. So you'll hear it used a lot. A lot of people will just use it as a term, but it does actually have a technical meaning and that's what you that's what you were talking about with the 10%. So yeah. technically for something to be a correction it needs to drop 10%. It's you know similar to uh, being in a recession you actually have to have now this could be wrong but two quarters of negative GDP growth that's technically a recession but sometimes the term is used a little bit looser than that. Yeah. So that that's the main thing to keep in mind uh, as you said corrections happen it's a uh, the nature of the beast, you know, where all imperfect people trying to perfectly price assets, we get uh, too exuberant and we overprice them and then uh, we realize that we were wrong and price is correct. It, it is literally the nature of market. Since 1980, we've had 36 corrections uh, on, on the S&P 500. So what's that? 1980, 2018, we're looking at 38 years and we've had 36 corrections. And on average, they've been about 15% from the peak down to the to the bottom and then obviously the 
thing to take out of that is the market's always recovered since. So I guess corrections offer opportunity, which we'll get into a bit later. But that's a, a definition, a basic definition. And to give you an idea of how often they occur, uh, as we said, one happened in February 2018, led by the S&P 500 and Dow Jones particularly, sorry. For our new listeners, the S&P 500 is the 500 biggest publicly traded companies in America. And the Dow Jones is a basket of 30 of uh, the largest companies in America. So um, when you say that, you basically mean that uh, America uh, was the first country to have a correction. Yes. Yeah? Yes. Yeah. And and that led the ASX into a correction because we're a pretty reactionary market to what happened yeah. in the Uni- United States. It led most of the world into a correction. It was sort of a rolling correction as different markets opened after the US market. So, you know, it was America, then it was... Oh, now you're going to test me on which way time zones go. It was either Europe next, then Asia, then us, or America, then us, then Asia, then Europe. But yeah, there, it was a it was a week of a global correction, really. Yeah, yeah. It, it uh, sent shockwaves because leading up to this point, the market had been relatively calm, one would say. Um, we'll quickly look at volatility a bit later. But just back to the, the correction that occurred. So the biggest, it started on the Friday, uh, Thursday in the United States, carried through to Friday. But then the biggest day was when they reopened on Monday. Obviously, everyone had some time to think about it over the weekend and uh, decided that it was time to move some money around. So the stock market in the United States, the Dow Jones Industrial, had the biggest points fall it it has ever had in history. So 1,175 points it fell, uh, which is just an indexing system. So the Dow closed on that day down 4.6%, which actually put it into negative territory for the whole year. And overall, uh, over the three or four days that uh, it, it, it was dropping, it went down just over 10%. So that's why it was officially declared a uh, correction. The previous largest drop on the Dow was 778 points. So quite significant. And it was that was back in 2018. Um, keeping in mind that in a percentage terms, it's not it's not uh, the biggest drop in history, but in a points terms, it was because the Dow was so high. Yeah. So that, that's a really misleading stat. Um, that, that got rolled out in all the headlines, but just by nature of an indexing system. So the uh, as, as the later we go and the more the market grows, the points drops will always be higher. Yeah. So uh, as an investor at home or really as anyone interested in the markets, what's more important is the percentage terms rather than the actual points terms. So that, that happened. So then it raised a number of questions to why did it happen? You know, there'd been a lot of chat for a while about the market's going to crash and all that jazz. And obviously this is not a crash. It's a, It was a correction at the time, but it definitely got a lot of people. <laughs> a lot of chat, mate. A lot of chat from you. <laughs> <laughs> Still waiting. Yeah. Let's look at why it happened. And there are a number of reasons why it could have happened. And you can't really pinpoint one reason why. But one of the reasons uh, that has been discussed is that, you know, the market focused on the threat of higher inflation after jobs reports showed a pickup in wages in the United States. Uh, and that was released on fr- on the Friday, I'm pretty sure. And so when those figures came out to the market, increase in wages would lead to an increase in inflation, which is increasing in um, everyday goods of, and services, the price of everyday goods and services. And when you get inflation, it's likely that your reserve bank is going to increase its interest rates. And the market is so used to having such low interest rates at the moment that they perceive an interest increase in interest rates to be a bit harmful. Uh, do you have anything to add to that, Ren? 
no, I think that was that was pretty comprehensive. So it, it's just a chain reaction that you, you need to conceptualize. Wage growth, yeah, as you said, leads to inflation. Inflation, uh, the Reserve Bank tries, or the what's it? Yeah, the Federal Reserve over there tries to manage, so they increase interest rates, which makes borrowing money more expensive um, and makes existing debt more expensive to pay back. Yeah, uh, and that's meant to put a dampener on the spending in the economy, uh, yeah. which will control inflation. But for businesses who have debt or who need to take out debt, it's going to be more expensive to service, yeah. which will hurt their profitability. And the share market then prices that in. Uh, and that's one, that was one of the reasons given one for reason. uh, why the market started to slip a bit on that Friday. Did you have any other reasons that you came across? Yeah, I, 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 don't, I don't know how true this is, but one that a lot of people spoke about was that the the reason that a mark the market fall turned into a correction was uh, the influence of algorithmic traders. So essentially, what happened was a lot. Now this is going to be a little bit technical, but a lot of big investors and funds had put had purchased a financial product called XIV, which was bet on volatility. So the amount of price fluctuations in the market remaining yep. low. So they were betting against a volatile market, America, and doing pretty well over time. Yeah, smashed it. Had make the, a lot of money. You can look up the chart for XIV on Google, and it is literally almost like a, a diagonal line up, forty-five degree line. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then <laughs> it just crashes down to near zero. Now, the reason it crashed down was the market all of a sudden became volatile again. Some people believe it was sparked by uh, this jobs report. Uh, I mean, it's all a bit uncertain. But what what then happened was the algorithms to cover their short volatility trade automatically bought short options in uh, the market, and then that exacerbated the downturn. So, I mean, look, I, 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 don't, I don't know. I'm not an algorithmic trader. I'm not sure how much truth there is to any of that, really. But that is a theory that's um, that's out there about how this jobs report led to a correction. Yeah, it's an interesting topic, the algorithmic trading. And it often leads to, in these sorts of environments, really sharp movements in price because their algorithms obviously react so quickly. And if you have a look at the Dow Jones chart uh, over the last, over those four days that uh, the correction came, you'll see that it drops significantly. And then almost within a minute, it's just almost back up to where it was. And you can probably attribute that to a lot of algorithms kicking in when prices hit their low point and they buy and then it all comes back up. So, so look, I think the understanding why it happened is probably the least important part of this episode. I think yep. if you understand what a correction is in a general sense and then what specifically happened um, in February, understanding why it happened is never going to be as important as the next part of this discussion, yes. which is what do you do when do. something like this happens? Because as as, as you started this whole conversation with, you know, in the last 38 years, there's been 36 corrections. Yeah. It's going to happen again um, and likely, you know, sooner rather than later. So don't worry too much about why it happens each time because each time it will happen for a different reason. You know, there might yeah. be, it could be wage data, it could be a housing price shock, it could be an oil embargo, it could be a war, it could be, you know, climate change gets exponentially worse. Like the, the reasons are literally infinite, well, almost infinite. Um, so to why 
worry about and to understand why each specific previous instance has happened isn't as important as knowing what to do when one does happen again. So, in that vein, what should you do? Well, that's a very <laughs> loaded question. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I guess for me, there's two parts to it. It's what do you do in the moment? And then also, what do you do to prepare yourself for the next one? So, how do you either protect yourself or in my situation, I obviously believe something big, bigger is coming. And so I want to have cash ready uh, to take advantage of what they call buying the dip, which is where a lot of investors get in when this correction comes at 10% and they start buying up because obviously stocks are somewhat cheaper than they were prior and this drives the market higher. But what did you do, Ren? So I think there's there's two things to it. Uh, and I'm, I'm mindful that we're brushing up on 15 minutes. So this will okay, be quick. Cool. Yep. Um, if you already have stocks in the market, like if you're already in the market, don't panic sell. No. Rule number the worst one. thing you can do. Yeah. If, you, if, it, if the market has fallen and you're holding, just wait it out. Yep. Second thing, if you have cash on the side, the correction is always a good opportunity to get in. So I know, um, as you said, you uh, think there's going to be a bigger correction. So you are waiting um, and that's fine. But there's no harm in putting some of the cash into the market because no. what we've seen um, since the February correction is that the market is basically back up to its previous high. Yep. So in a month, or you know, in a, yeah, in a month, uh, the market has basically recovered ten percent. So if you'd bought at the bottom of that correction, you would have made ten percent of your money. So that's probably the main two things. Definitely yeah. don't panic sell. That's the worst thing you can do. You'll definitely sell at a well, not a loss. You may still be in profit, but it's happened thirty six times over the last thirty eight years and we have had record highs. So if you had sold, then you would have missed out on on these record highs. So I guess that's the main takeaway is don't panic sell, wait for it. And and if anything, buy more of the stocks that you were in if you have the ability to do so and you still think they're a good company that you'd want to be in. 100%. Now, speaking of panicking, we are brushing up on 15 minutes. So <laughs> okay. I think that does it if we're sticking to our hard close at 15 yes. minutes. <laughs> yes. Thanks for listening, everyone. And we'll see you in a couple of days. Equity mates and the people appearing in this program may have positions in the companies mentioned. This is general advice only. Please speak to a financial professional to understand how it may pertain to your individual situation. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.